Well, I'm so grateful to, to jump back into the series that we've been walking through for the past couple weeks. It's right out of a book in the New Testament called Galatians. Everybody say Galatians. Galatians. We're getting to know this letter that the Apostle Paul wrote in the, the right side of your Bibles. And I want to invite you to turn with me there, flip with me there, log on with me there, whatever your form of Bible reading is. Let's get into the Word a little bit today. Um, if you need a copy of God's Word, we do have a little um, stand in the back. We'd love to bless you with a Bible for free. Um, and just put your hand up in the air and we'll walk it down to you. Uh, we'd love to bless you with that. Or you can just make your way back there and grab one, whatever's best for you. Uh, we're in Galatians chapter 1, and I think there's so much value in reading the Word together. We do have it on the screens here for you, and so you'll be able to access it through that. But if you want to just follow along, we're going to read a big chunk of Scripture, all right? So um, I want to make sure you're tapped in. Everybody say, tap in. tap in. Tap in. Tap your neighbor and say, tap in. All right, all right. We're tapped in. Galatians chapter 1, verse 11. We're tapped in. Here we go. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the Galatian church, and he had a, kind of made a little bit of an argument for his apostleship. In other words, his argument for why he has, he's a credible voice to write this letter, inspired by God for the believers in Galatia. He talked last week, um, we leaned into verses 6 through 10, which where he challenges the people not to believe false gospels. He says not every message that claims to be the gospel is the true gospel. And in fact, if he says if an angel or anyone preaches to you a different gospel than Jesus plus nothing equals enough um, to not believe it. And in fact, he would say that that message, the even messenger would be cursed, a deep message. If you want to get it, go back and revisit it. Some of y'all were like, one time was plenty enough for me. Um, but if you want to revisit it, you can do that at walkchurch.com or check out our YouTube channel. But we pick it up today here in verse 11. And let's go ahead and read together. I'm reading from the ESV. If you're in a different translation, that's fine. <clears throat> Paul writes, for I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. Verse 14 says, And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers, but... But when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Verse 18 says, Then after three years I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas and remained with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. And I love how Paul has to qualify himself here. And just in case anybody thinks that he's making this up, in case anybody thinks that he's lying, if he's, if he's capping, if that's what they say in the culture, um, he says, in what I am writing to you before God, I do not lie. There must have been some people in Galatia that were like, nah, you didn't go up and see Peter, the disciple. You didn't go up and see the apostles. And, and Paul says, no, this is actually my story. 
Verse 21. Then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia. And I was still unknown in person to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only were hearing it said. He who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they glorified God because of me. Amen. Praise God for the Apostle Paul's story, uh, his testimony that he recounts to us here today. I love um, what's going on here in Galatians chapter 1. Uh, Paul is pouring out his story to us. He's, he's not just talking about his story, but he's saying, this is my testimony from death to life. We just sang it, didn't we? He's saying, because grace rewrote my story, so I'll testify. Right? And he, he's bringing us into what happened in his life. In other words, Paul is saying some of the qualifications for me being the author and the church planter of the church in Galatia is my testimony. In other words, my evidence. And here's what I believe here today. Everyone in this room has a story. Amen? But not everyone has a testimony. Everybody in this room has a, a unique story of how God has moved in your life. In fact, there's a lot of ingredients that make up your story. Things like family, things like ethnicity, things like culture, upbringing, geography, where you come from, who raised you, the school you went to, the food you ate. Everybody here has a story. And can I tell you, everybody's story has value. Everybody's story has dignity. In fact, God would tell us in Genesis 1, verse 26 and 27, that everybody here is created in his image and his likeness. That means everybody has extreme value. Not only that, but everybody in here is bought with the blood of Jesus if you would receive him today. The, the gospel is, is good news for everybody. That means everybody has value. But I, I will tell you today that not everybody has a testimony. I've been leaning into this word testimony. What does it mean to have a testimony. What's the difference between a story and a testimony? We'll put this up here on the screen. I came to realize that the word testimony is actually the Greek word martyria, which is where we get our English word martyr. And oftentimes a martyr is somebody who was killed for their profession of faith, their testimony. It's this idea that you have evidence Typically in a judicial form, um, a record, report, or witness. What does it mean to have a Christian testimony? It means that there's evidence on your life that you've been saved by the life, death, and resurrection of King Jesus. That it's not just something you say or a box you check, but if somebody watched you for a 24-hour period of time, they'd be like, I see the evidence. This person really does have a testimony. Somebody were to say, hey, you know what? That person, they got that, they got that martyr vibe. And it's not just saying, hey, this person was persecuted for their faith. It says they have such an evidence about them that it's something that's real and alive. And Paul had a testimony. The question that I want to ask today is, do, do you and how can you move from, I, this is my story, which is dope. Let me, let me say that. I think your story is valuable. But don't just stop at story. Move into testimony. Don't just end it with, hey, here's my story and where I come from and who I am and what I'm passionate about. But at what point does Jesus intersect? 
And does Jesus become the big part of what he's done in your life? I was watching a, a highlight clip yesterday. Come on, shout out to March Madness. It's been so cool to see how God is moving in the sports arena. But I, I randomly came across a, a, a clip of a, of a wrestler who won the NCAA wrestling championship yesterday. And they went, the interviewer went right to him after the match. And he said, what got into you? And how you won this championship. Did anybody see this? It was an incredible clip. It blew me away. I was like convicted by it. And he said, he said what got into you? How did you overcome in that match? And he said, it's the resurrection of Jesus. And the guy was like, yeah, yeah, but what else? He said, no, 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 you, don't, you didn't hear me. Like, and he looked at the guy. He said, don't just celebrate the life of Jesus. Celebrate the, the, resur- the power of Jesus. It, as a wrestler, I tapped into that. Acts 1-8, the, the power, right? And I was moved by that. And I just remember, this, he, this is a testimony. It's not just, man, I've just been working hard. I've been wrestling. I've been lifting weights. It's like God's doing something, even in the sports arena or whatever it is that's for you. You have a testimony that, that only Jesus Christ can bring about. And I think it's really important. And I just want to say this in, in, in a way on the outset, and we're going to work into some points here in a second. Um, Here's something that we've noticed in our join the family uh, membership class, right? And what we, we, we don't call it church membership. We call it family membership. In other words, we don't just believe everybody's part of the family of God. Everybody's a creation of God. Not everybody's a child of God. Because Jesus tells us only the children of God would receive him. At, he, he adopts us into the family. You don't need to be adopted if you're already part of the family. Does that make sense? So, to be adopted means that Jesus has to go to the spiritual orphanage ran by the devil himself and take you out of that mug. And that's the gospel that we believe. Jesus rescues us from the sin and dominion of darkness. He does that. But what we do is what we notice is we, we ask people and join the family. And I don't mean to intimidate you, but if you go through join the family on step two, step one's our story, step two's your story. We ask everybody to just, in a one paragraph, tell us your testimony. And you would be amazed at some of the answers we get. They're not testimonies. They're, I went to church with my grandma going up, period. And that's not a bad thing. That's your part of your story. But can I tell you a testimony is more than that? Sometimes it'll say, tell us your testimony. A, a, a sentence would say, man, I love the sweet creations table here at church. Next. We're grateful for sweet creation, but that's not your testimony. And so what I realized here is, man, I think we would do well to talk about what is a Christian testimony? How do you know if you have one? How do you know if you don't have one? And how do you go get one? And where do you get one? That's what I believe Paul is teaching us in Galatians 1, verses 11 through 24. All right, if you got all that, say, I got it. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. All right, cool, I think we're ready. I believe that... Paul gives us four things that we should look for in this chapter that will help us uh, grow and grab a hold of testimony. When I think about a testimony, I think about it in four chapters, almost like if your life was a book. We got any readers in the room? A little bit? Not many? I I get you. I I am mad at you, right? whether you're a reader or whether you're an audiobook or whether you're a movie person, look at your life in four chapters. 
And if you don't have all four chapters, that could be your assignment today. (laughs) Figure out which one you're missing and start working toward that. Start praying toward that. Figure out, hey, I got a couple of these, but I'm missing some of them here today. The first chapter is called the former chapter. Former chapter. Every testimony should have a former life. I think I hear a lot of processing. In other words, I don't hear nothing. (laughs) Um, Every chapter should have a former life. Here's what I'd say today. If you'd say, you know what? I don't, doesn't make sense. I don't know if I have a former life outside of Christ. I would question today if you have a Christian testimony. Here's what the apostle Paul says. Let's look at it in verse 13. Paul says, for you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. What does Paul do here? He says, let me tell you about my former life. When you share your testimony, which is a good thing to share, have a former life in there. Unless you don't have one. And maybe you might recognize here today, you're in your former life. Your former life story could be, I was going to walk church thinking I had it all together. And then I realized I didn't have a testimony. I had a church story. But can I tell you, church can't save you? As much as I love this church, the church in itself can't save you. The church is a vehicle to get the gospel to you. Only the gospel is the power of salvation. The good news message of Jesus Christ through faith in him alone can save you. And it really can. Like save you. But church in itself can't. And so do you have a former life? Paul can talk about his former life because he lived it. He's got, he's got a comeback story. He's got a, let me tell you about where I came from so I can tell you about where I'm going. I got a former, a former life. And can I tell you the devil hates when we talk about our former life? Because that's when he had us. In fact, this goes all the way into eternity. Can I show you a powerful passage in Revelation 12? All right, I'm going to share it with the two people right here. The wings, help me out. Revelation chapter 12, we'll put it up here on the screen. Now listen to this. This is what, what, what the apostle John saw into heaven. God gave John a revelation into eternity. Here's what he saw. He says, I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come for the accuser. That's another word for Satan of our brothers has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before our God. The devil's working extra hard to accuse you. And they have conquered him. How? By the blood of the lamb. That's a one. The blood of Jesus will never lose its power. But watch this, right next to it. And by the word of their, by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives even unto death. It's a great martyr verse. John says, look, two people, the, 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 the believers brought up to heaven. Here's what they brought. They brought two things. They brought the blood of the lamb. That was enough. They said, here's my testimony. Here's my evidence. I've applied this to my life. And I've been saved and set free. So it's none of my works that I bring. Nothing in my hands I bring. Simply to the cross I cling. 
This is my testimony. My former life that God has done this great work in me. Everybody who is in Christ should have a former life. Here's what Paul says in verse 13. He says, for you have heard of my former life in, in Judaism. I want to put this up here on the screen or just this idea. I just, we'll use it as a blank. For you have heard of my former life in, what if you just took out Judaism? What would you put there? I don't know if you have something to put there, but maybe you could put something there. This is Paul's testimony. Doesn't need to be your testimony. God is saving and completing Jewish people's faith. He's saving and, 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 and completing lost people and, and all types of people that grow up in different, whatever it may be, cultures. At some point, you've got to recognize, is, is Christ who he is or not? I don't know what your blank is there, but it could, it could look like, uh, for you have heard of my former life in drug addiction. It could look like that. It could look like you, you, you've heard of my former life in depression could look like you've heard of my former life in addiction or sexual sin or my former life in just casual coasting religion. I've realized that if the devil can get you with sex, drugs, and rock and roll, he'll do it. If he can get you with religion and even going to church and just doing emails, he'll get you with that too. Whatever he can do to distract you from Christ. For me, I would say this, and I say this all around the country. When I get invited to speak, it's oftentimes in sports environments. You know why? Because my testimony is sports related. And I'll say, you've heard of my former life in sports. My lane was basketball. It was an idol in my life. If you removed the basketball out of my life, I had nothing. I would, I would say, this is my plan A, and there is no plan B. And I realized when I was a freshman in college, and I showed up to get some free pizza at FCA. And I realized, I don't, I, don't, I don't know this stuff. I don't actually know him at all. Let me actually ask some questions. I don't have my former, I'm in my former life. And I realized that Jesus was a better God than the game. Can I tell you today, the game, if you have all your eggs in a team for March Madness, good luck. I hope it wasn't Purdue. God bless. Let's pray for them, brothers. Right? In other words, sports is a terrible God. You'll always be up and down. But it's, it, it, that, sports idolatry was my story. That's not everybody's story. If you ask my wife, Nina, about her story, her story's deep. It's completely different than mine. She would say, now you've heard of my former life, and she would tell you a whole different powerful Packed story of God and his faithfulness in her situation. I, I don't know what your former life was in, but, but, but figure it out. One thing that I was taught along this journey is that we should always have four versions of our testimony. One, we should have the 22nder. That's the elevator testimony. Amen. You might have that moment in the elevator. In fact, I had a moment like this. This past week, I was at the G League Ignite basketball game. I was standing there at the top with the guy who was about to let me down to go to my seat. And he stood there and he looked at me and he looked at my shirt and it said, walk on it. He said, what's up with that walk? I got to tell 20 seconds right there. Talk to him about what does it mean to walk in Jesus? And he said, man, I'm Irish Catholic. Could I come? I said, we'd love for you to come. It's, it's, it's uh, what, St. Patrick's Day. Come on. Come on. I said, it might look different than what you're used to, but 
But we love the Lord. And he said, man, I love the Lord. Let's, let's do something. And then I'm gone, right? So you got to have the 22nd testimony. Here's my former life. And we're going to move on to that. You want to have the two-minute story. You want to have the coffee shop testimony. You want to have the 20-minute testimony, right? And then maybe you want to have like the two-hour, like deep sto- testimony where you get to go out. You got to know the difference. But you can practice. I practice my testimony. I work on my testimony. I share my testimony. I want to encourage you to have a former chapter in your story. One of my favorite verses, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Here's what it says. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. And that, that phrase, he, can also be he or she right there. If anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old has passed away. Can somebody say, behold, behold. the new has come. That's a good word. Amen. You can be a new creation. But today, if you would say, I don't, I don't feel any newer than I've ever felt. Maybe you're still an old creation. You might not have a testimony where you've, where you've genuinely repented of sins in your life, received Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life, and now you're walking in his grace. And you, and you have a battle going on with the flesh, and, you're, and, and you have the Holy Spirit that's comforting you and strengthening you. He's like your coach that's always with you, giving you the game plan, helping you make the right moves. The old has passed away. In other words, you should have a former chapter in your life. I'm a big fan of the famous hymn, Amazing Grace, written by John Newton. Powerful story in 1779. John Newton inked these words. He said, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Come on, say it with me if you want. I once was lost but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Did you hear the former chapter? Here's what he says. You want to know about my story? I once was lost. Didn't know where I was going. I'm lost. But now I'm found. I once was blind. Oh, but man, now I see. He's saying that's amazing grace. I got a... Grace is so much sweeter when you know your former life. You can look at your former self and be like, man, God has done a lot in my life. Amen? It's what, it's what he does. He, he gives us a new chapter. Oh, I got to hurry up. My goodness. Let me go to the second chapter. The second chapter is what I'm calling the but God chapter. Come on. Every testimony should have a but God moment. Amen? Every testimony should have this, this moment where, but God, you can have that fill in the blank, whatever it is for you, whatever is holding you back from having a testimony, but God steps in. Look at the apostle Paul's story. Verse 15. Oh, I love it. But when he, Ooh, thank you, Jesus, for these moments. Let me read it to you in the NIV translation. The NIV translation. It says, but when God. That's the moment right there. Paul says, you've heard of my former life. You heard about what I was doing to the disciples like Stephen. And I was putting death threats on Christians' lives. That's back when I was Saul. But when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb, called me by his 
grace. That's a big part of your testimony. Do you have a but God moment? And can I just say today, for some of you, by God's grace, maybe your former life was short. In other words, you're like, hey, you know what? I was five years old. My parents preached the gospel to me before I went to sleep one night. I recognized I was a sinner in need of a savior. And I turned from my sins right there on my bed. And I've been following Jesus ever since. That's a powerful testimony. In fact, a lot of people who have a lot of pain would say, I wish I had that. Don't be ashamed of your story. If you grew up, I'm praying that over my boys. (laughs) I'm praying that over my four sons. I'm praying that they don't have a long, drawn out. (laughs) Here's my first chapter. Now, if you have a long, drawn out first chapter, praise God. That's Paul. That's Saul. That's hiding in a whole bunch of other people in the room today. But you can change the generation and, and train them up to believe. And they say, you know what? I don't even know a lot of this stuff that you're dealing with because I just, from a young age, I don't know what your story is. But every story should have a former life and every testimony should have a but God like this. But when God who set me apart by his grace. It's what God does and it's something that only he can do. Look at these verses in Ephesians chapter 2. Verses 1 through 5. Some verses of scripture that I think we should never get too familiar with. We should come back to Ephesians 2 and just, just park there for a little bit and just sit in it. Come on, would you read it with me off the screen? It says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. You hear the former life? I, I once was dead. I once was walking in darkness. I was a zombie. Following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we, say this word with me, all. Just in case you're in here today prideful, like this ain't me. Don't hate on me, pastor. You're in the all. Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature... Children of wrath. That's a bad news verse. Just by your own nature, you're, a, you're destined for wrath. Listen, like the rest of mankind. Oh, are you ready for it? If you're ready, say ready. ready. Come on, say it with me. Oh. But God. Oh, let's go. Let's read it. We got to, I mean, hopefully you were itching to get there. It's like, man, get out, get out of my past. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Amen. Manu caught it. He just went up and caught it. He went up and grabbed it. Come on. You just you go, mm. by grace, you have been saved. I love that. But God, do you have a but God moment in your life? If not, you need to go start one. You need to say, God, I don't think I have a but God. I need one. Jesus, would you save me from my former life that I'm in right now? And can I start a new chapter? Maybe today you might say, I need a new chapter. I need a testimony. The devil hates the testimonies. The blood of the lamb and the word of my but God moment. When God stepped into my dorm room, James Madison University in Virginia, and revealed to me the grace. You know what? He doesn't reveal to you, stop sinning, try harder. He doesn't reveal that to you. That's the law. 
The Galatians kept adding to the gospel. Wait, wait, receive the gospel, but make sure you work really hard to earn it. That's not the grace that saved you. The grace that opened my eyes was this. Hey, Hayden, you're a sinner. You're destined for wrath. You can't pay for your sin. You're on your way to eternal destruction. No matter how many points you score, no matter what you do, no matter how many Jordans you have, you cannot save yourself. You cannot pay for your sin debt. Only Christ by his grace can pay for it. And he has paid for it. If you would receive him and open your heart to believe him and let him do the rest. And I said, I don't know what my future looks like, but I know I need him now. And I'll tell you, if you start pursuing a relationship with Jesus now, he'll do the rest. Just like a real relationship, just get to know him every day. You've heard me say this before, but if I only spent time with Nina for one hour on a Sunday morning, how good would our relationship would be? It would be pretty whack. And some of your relationships with Jesus look like just a Sunday thing when he wants so much more with you. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to talk to you and he wants you to talk to him and he wants you to walk through struggle together. And this is your testimony, amen? amen. Oh man, it's so good. L- look at these lyrics from Amazing Grace one more time. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears, ah, relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. We just sang it in the, the song. This, this was a hymn in 1779. I love the song we just sang earlier. This is my testimony, Elevation Worship. This is my testimony from death to life. Why? Because grace rewrote my story. So I'll testify. By Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified. This is my testimony. This, 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 is, this is it. Amen. Let me move into the third chapter. Chapter three of all of our testimonies is this. A now chapter. You can't just live in, oh, my former life was so bad. I hate myself. I suck. I'm, I'm embarrassed. That's it. Don't just spend all your 20 seconds there. Just spend a little bit of time there because there's better news ahead. Amen. Don't glorify the past too much. Say, man, it was, look, Paul's not, Paul's just give you two verses. I got some good news to get to. Paul says it was bad. I was radically sinful. I was going hard in the world, but now I'm going hard for the Lord. He says, but God stepped into my life by his grace. And here's what's happening now. Look at verse 23. I think verse 23 is so profound. Verse 23 says, Paul says, now people were chattering. What happened to Paul? Paul says, I went off. I spent some time in different cities. I had to get off the grid. I had to get off Instagram. I had to get off a lot of things. Paul said, I was separating myself from the Jews and I was separating myself from the church because nobody believed me. They were only hearing it said, he who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. The word that spoke to me in this verse is this word. Now. What's he doing now? The evidence of your testimony is this. What are you doing now? If you have a great testimony of what happened back in the day and now you're looking like you're back in the day, What happened now? Faithful is he who called you. And guess what? He'll do it. He'll complete it. If God's not continuing the work in you, then maybe it was just started by you. Don't let your testimony be manipulated by something else other than him. 
God will finish what he started. Look, God is going to be doing work right now. Can I tell you that God wants to use your testimony now? Somebody needs to hear your story. Somebody needs to hear how God's moving in your life. Somebody need, come on, Darren. Somebody needs to hear a comeback story, right? I love that. I, I love that phrase. It's been sticking with me. Somebody needs to hear your story. Because on the other side of your story is somebody else's healing. Somebody else is saying, man, nobody knows my pain. But your story may, your testimony may. I want to encourage you with that, right? What's God doing in your life now? Let that be loud. Let me talk about what God's doing now. I love this quote from a pastor named Rick Warren. He says it like this. If you give it to God, he transforms your test into a testimony. Your mess into a message. And your misery into a ministry. Oh, what a good word. God will, he'll do some transformation. Won't he do it? Take your story, start transforming that thing. All of a sudden, you're like, man, that was, I, was, I used to be so tested. And in fact, I'm still tested. I, mean, I feel like I'm tested even more, but now I got a testimony. I feel like I've, been, I've ma- made such a mess, but now I got a message. I had so, so much misery, and now I got a ministry. Man, won't, isn't God the, God will turn it around. He'll take the negative and turn it into a positive. He's such a redeemer. And God loves people that are messed up. One of the best names of God is this, the God of Jacob. God says, here, you want Moses, tell the people that I'm the God of Jacob. What does that mean? Have you ever read Jacob's story? Jacob's testimony is the worst, the absolute worst. And God says, I'm his God. Yeah, I'm the God of Jacob. Oh my goodness. That means that you can have a testimony too. Let me move into the fourth one. The fourth one is what I call the glory chapter. Every testimony should result in God getting the glory. And I I would say these first three are like non-negotiables. This fourth one is a goal. Like if you don't have these first three, if you don't have a former chapter, a but God chapter and a now chapter, I question if you have a legit Christian testimony. That's not me trying to judge you. I'm not trying to shade you. I'm just saying I have a legit question. You should question me if I don't have one of those three. The fourth one is a goal. All right. This is the goal for our testimony. If you got to say, I got it. Here's how the chapter completes in Galatians chapter one, verse 24. It says, and they glorified God because of me. How does Galatians one end? Paul said, it ends like this. And he goes, the people heard about what I'm doing now. And what'd they do? They said, glory to God. We give God the glory. Hey, listen, if you're the all-star of your story, you missed it. If you're, if you're the main character of your testimony, you got, the, you got a lowercase t testimony. <laughs> The main character in your testimony is Jesus. Lift him up big on, on what he's done for you and how he's moved in you and how he changed you and how he saved you. And here's what he's doing now in me. And you know what people will do? They'll say, man, that God really is good. Man, that, that, God, really, that God really is glorious. He is Look at this verse, Matthew chapter five, verse 16. Worship team, help me close this message out. 
It says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. We should be walking around shining, glowing, testimony, not ashamed, not embarrassed, not proud, but just honest. Here's what God's done in me. Through the death of Jesus on the cross, he literally died for our sins. Through the resurrection of Jesus, he bodily, literally rose from the grave. Through his ascension back into eternity, taking the eternal blood and paying for all of our debt, you can have a testimony just by faith in him. And and when you have a testimony, your testimony will live beyond you. If you don't have a testimony, your story will stop with you. But your testimony, your kids will talk about your testimony. Let me tell you what my dad did. Let me tell you what my mom did. She was a woman of faith. She, she had a testimony. People will glorify God in the future because of your testimony now. And so if you don't have a, a testimony of faith in Jesus today, maybe that's your prayer. And can I tell you, the grace of God is readily available right now for you. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for your grace. I just want to invite you to pray with me right now. Lord, I need you. If you need to receive him right now, just, just call upon his name. I, I don't want to give you the, the formula other than just, it's the name of Jesus. All who call upon the name of the, the, the Lord Jesus will be saved. So Jesus, we call upon your name right now. Lord, I believe. I receive you as my Savior. Save me from my former life. Give me your grace now. I turn away from my sins that I know of. Show me anything else, God. And today I'm ready to take my first step of walking with you. Not to try harder on my own, but but to have a team, a tandem, where you're the leader. You take the wheel, Jesus. I trust you. I love you. And I honor you today. Save me, change me, rearrange me. Um, So I can have a testimony. And God, would you use my testimony uh, for your glory and my joy? In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Amen.